Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. I'm very happy to welcome Dr. Esther Zeladon here. And she is an author and a life coach. And we're going to get to know her and have a great conversation. So, Esther, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I, I like to introduce myself in the way that I'm in the business of impacting lives. And the way I do that is I help people discover their purpose, like their real, real why, why are they doing everything they do, um, make it happen, like the road mapping and keep it going, you know, and, and it might be like, well, that sounds like, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, it's said that like 92% of people give up on their dreams, like 92%. So, you know, sometimes it's not just even knowing what you want to do, but it's actually doing it and actually keep it going and make it happen and make those visions that you have, all those dreams you have when you're a kid or as adult or now, make them happen. You know, we always underestimate what we can do in one year, but I mean, overestimate, but we underestimate what we can do in five. And we're always so like, oh, I don't see the result right now. So forget it. But if you actually stick it through, spread it out, you can transform wherever you are and whatever you're doing. In five years, and that's like nothing. That's like nothing in your lifespan. So that's that's really what I focus on and what I do. But I didn't like start this way, right? It's it's I went through a whole journey <laughs> where I first did the whole chasing the American dream, all the check marks, all the checklists. You know, I I grew up as an immigrant. I grew up with you know working class parents. I wanted to help them out. And the way I saw it is the only out I saw was, okay, I need to go through all the education, you know, hoops and, and get these degrees and get these titles and then get a job with the titles. So that's what I did. I chased all those check marks. I was like, okay, I need to get married before 30. I need to go to this school. I need to get these awards, right? I need to have this title. And it was when I got to that point where I had the as as society defines it, the American dream, all the check marks, the title, I had the five bedroom house, I had the help. I was also a bank account for all, you know, supporting all of my family, some friends. And I sat there and I'm like, this is not my life. What am I living? You know, I don't even know who I am anymore. And it's not that I wasn't making impact because you never lose who you are, right? Your essence. I was always helping my friends and and people find their purpose, but like on the side, right? Like it's my volunteer thing I do, my hobby. But in my life as a whole, I was like, this is not my life. This is not how I see it. And that was a huge shock to my system because I didn't know who I was anymore, right? Who who am I? What does that mean? And then I'm afraid of losing everything I built. I'm afraid of going back to having no money. I'm afraid of starting over and it felt like a start over. But the thing is, it was never really a start over because who I am has always been who I am. You know, when I actually go back in time and think about everyone I've impacted in my life through all the different decades, how I've impacted has always been the same, just in different contexts. And I had to go through that realization that my title didn't define me. My job didn't define me. I define me. And that means that I can pivot to all sorts of things. That means that choices are lim- you know, limitless. Sure. Did I have to make an exit plan so I did it in a way that doesn't hurt my family? Absolutely. But I could still do it in a way to have full alignment and create the life I wanted, right? I didn't want a five-bedroom house. I wanted to live in an apartment with view of the ocean, right? It's like really questioning these things that society tells you that you should have and would give you happiness and define it for yourself and create it for yourself. So that that's I did it for myself. And that's what I hope um, other people do. So I guess the biggest problem people have is fear. Yes. 
Yeah. Because that voice in your head's always there. It's always telling you where to go and what, and what it wants, but then you suppress it and ignore it because you're like, oh, that's unrealistic. I'm just dreaming. That's never going to happen. I need to be practical. And then all society gives you those narratives too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all these narratives like you need to have your feet on the ground. You need to put your head down. Don't make waves, right? You need to no, that's too far-fetched. That's not for you. Gary, how many, how many of us, all of us have heard those, those voices and those narratives. And so then we're always like trying to figure out which voice to listen to. And most of the time we shut our own first. For me, it seemed like when I wanted to do what I wanted to do, that's when family would say, Oh, you need to keep this job and you got all these benefits and blah, 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 blah. And so I never pursued it. And it's funny. It took me, Gosh, I don't know, 10 years of being on my own and realizing who I was before I started to chase those dreams. Yeah, because we got to like untangle all those narratives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I do these uh, purpose workshops for kids, too, right in schools. And at seven years old they're still not jaded by society. Like the first graders are like, I, I, I know how I want to save the world. I know my, my gift, everything. But the time they're in fourth grade though, their, their narrative and their answers are completely changed. Oh, I need to go do this. Cause my mom says I mm -hmm. need to do this. Cause my dad says I need to make my teacher proud. And you see that huge gap just from seven to 10 Already, they're already like, okay, society's telling me this, and they're already suppressing, right, their natural voice and curiosity and dreams. So, of course, when we're like in 30, 40s years old, or even 50s, we've spent already 30, 40 years suppressing it. So, it takes us so long to then be like, okay, who am I again? Let me bring back that inner child that I left behind and remember and let that voice become louder. And then suppress everything else. And then you also realize through time that you're like, wait, all those people that are giving me those narratives have never tried it for themselves, right? And mm -hmm. then you start questioning, like, wait, aren't they're also scared too? And you're like, why, why am I listening to that? And then you also start questioning your everyone around you. And is that really true? Are they really happy? No, it's they're also projecting their own fears and all the narratives. And then when you change that to empathy, that you're like, actually, I empathize with you because you went through the same thing I did. So I, I can't expect you to understand either because we've all been fed the same thing. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say second to that would probably be burnout? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're always I mean, I think that's the that's my whole thing about the American dream, which, you know, I'm I'm always challenging because if we're constantly chasing that, we have to make certain metrics by certain age. Of course, we're going to burn out. Mm -hmm. and, and not only that, but we have this. We have this like expectation that, oh, um, we need to be everything for everyone. And that's the thing too, right? And put ourselves last. So that's another part. You know, burnout is not even just working all the time. It's also all the expectations that are given to us that we have to fulfill for everyone and everything. And then so we're then we're grappling with guilt, with overworking, but then at the same time of of overly, you know, giving to everyone else instead of ourselves. And then we're just, yeah, we're burnt out. We don't have the space. We don't even have the space to reflect on ourselves. We don't have the space to bring out our creativity again and innovation, you know, those things that, that we had when we were kids. Well, I would say I'm probably going into the fourth year of doing this, which is 
an unexpected dream. I, I when I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist for Marvel, but you know, life happened, and then uh, some health problems. Now I have nerve damage. I can't draw like I used to. I discovered podcasting and trying to help people. <laughs> And I have to say, there are times that I just want to throw my hands up in the air and quit. It gets frustrating. You know, I, I see people that have only been doing it for a few months that have surpassed me. And I know a lot has to do with my subject matter. I mean, let's face it, pop culture and politics and anything controversial really sells. Trying to do something positive, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be that popular. How do you avoid this burnout or get past it? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. No, you bring up something, a really good point, right? Um, For me, that part for me is the, the resilience. That's the part that I was saying about the keep it going. Right. Because it's hard. It's hard when you're going after it. It's hard to it's um, I have this phrase. I say it's being the first is hard. Right. Like I feel like it being the first people can relate to. Right. Because you could be the first in your family that starts a business, the first that in your circles that goes to college. Right. Being the first that's podcasting. Like for me, even writing a book mainstream, the first right, the first woman in certain circles and certain things. It's tough because you're figuring it out on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you don't see is like maybe the other people that are surpassing. That's why that's why I'm against comparison. They might have they maybe are not the first in their circles. They might have people who have been doing it that then can show them, you know, hey, do this strategize here. This is where you can get more sponsorship is where you can do certain things. Right. But that's that's fine. But then they're going to face other challenges along the way where they will be the first for something. And then that's where things will slow down. Right. We, We all have our own paths where some things because we have access to will be easier. Some things we'll we'll don't, but what matters more is are we moving towards the result that we want, right? Are we moving towards the vision we want? Are we showing up every day, bringing that solution to the world and that message? Yes, that's, that's alignment. So how we keep it going is reminding us every day. I am showing up who I am. I'm showing up how I want to. And that's, that's a gift. And it might take us longer to get there, but you're going to get there. The end game is the same. What matters is the legacy that you want to leave in that world. And for every single person, that's completely different. So like, in, you know, when I when I help people, it's like, let's think about what's your end goal. Not everyone else's end goal. What's yours? What do you like about it? Right? What What do you want? What, what do you want people to say when you die? What's the feeling? Or is that how you're, is that what you're doing every day? Remind yourself of that then, right? It's not about reaching another metric. And and that's really hard even for myself and for, for people like me, right? Because, because we're used to living in a society, right? The high achiever thing to be like metric, 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 metric. And it's hard not to be like, wait, 
let's forget that. It's not about how many books I'm selling, what the ranking is. It's about the message that's going out there. Is it going out there? Yes. Does it matter if it's going to take me two more years than everyone else? No, right? Because I'm still making that impact. Do I feel if I die tomorrow, the piece that I've, I've made impact the way I wanted? Yes. So when I re- when I start to get that those feelings of, but there could I could be doing more. It's reminding, it's going back and centering again to my purpose, my legacy, why I'm here, and that's and that's all that really matters in the end. But I face the burnouts when I start shiny shiny object comparison thing, and then I have to go back and center and remember that everyone's path and everything is is different. What's your thoughts on the law of attraction? Yeah, I really believe you do attract what you give. You know, and, and people ask me this a lot in a different in different contexts, but I'll I'll speak about it in terms of community. And I get asked, oh my God, Esther, you have such a huge um community. Oh, you're so lucky. How do you do it? Right. And I'm like, it's not about luck. It's you you get what you give. You know, I I put a lot of time into building community. I really engage. I I take the time to get to know someone. I respond to every message I get. You know, I take the time to get to know the person. Why? Um, what are they commenting? What are they going through? Just to know that I'm I'm there. I cheer people on, right? And so I get that in in return. And I'm also looking for circles that are positive, that are engaging, right? And and I bring value to that, and then I get it get it back, right? So I feel that's how I feel the law of attraction is because I'm attracting people like me because that's where I'm giving my energy and my value to. And I'm also taking that time and putting it in there. So community is not going to happen when I tell folks automatically, right? It's not like people are going to come knocking on your on your door. You you have to go out there. You have to also make the, the effort. And if you're going to go to these circles and all of a sudden be negative, then that's what you're going to attract back to you, right? If I'm going to go to these circles and be like, oh, you haven't done this or start like a you know, comparison criticism game, that's what you're going to get in return. But if you go there and you're like, that was amazing. I'm here for you. Let's cheer you on. Even with circles that are not used to that. I, I have been there. They've been like, wow, she's, whoa, she's over the top. <laughs> Positive, right? <laughs> At first it's like, okay. But then after a while, they're like, actually, that feels really good. Right. And then I'm like, actually, and then I point out, I'm like, you know, did you know you have a unique gift in this? And did you know that, you know, what you said to me really impacted me? And they're like, wow, that really meant a lot. And then what does that do? Then they're, they go and do that for someone else. And then they're like, that was really kind. Let me try that. Let me do that. And it takes time. But I think like, if you're giving that out and showing that that's actually something you can do and be, then not only you're going to get it back for yourself, you're going to create ripple effects. It took me a long time, and I'll have to say the last four years have probably been the most impactful where I I had to stop and look at the people that I had been hanging out with. I have friends who still think they're in high school, still think they're party animals, you know, drink on the weekends or doing drugs. And I mean, you get the picture. And I had to start dropping those people out of my life. You know, don't get me wrong. I still love them. I say I love them from afar. You know, if they still needed me, I would be there for them. But I just can't hang out with them because I don't I don't want that negativity anymore. 
Absolutely. And they, you know, there's, um, it's something actually I was talking about yesterday to someone about grief, right? It, it's almost like you have to grieve those oh, relationships yeah. as well. Like I had to grieve, you know, I was in my, I was in my last job for a really long time before I started this movement, this company, you know, and my whole identity was tied to that. But a lot of them would just drink all weekends, right? Just mm-hmm. to forget about the job was really intense, long hours. And so they would just cope around and drink and talk about colleagues. And I remember like one day I, I stood up. I mean, this was like before I left, but I, I told my husband, there has to be more. I can't like this is not like already the job as hard as it is. And I I don't like I don't like being around when we talk about people. I, I don't like the negativity and it's the same thing. It's not that I didn't uh, care for them. I did. And and they were good to me. But that environment, I was like, I want to be around people who have ideas. I want to be around people who are positive and kind and uplifting. And it did mean that at first I was like, okay, it's not around me. So I need to find communities. And I started searching online. I mean, that's the beauty of our world right now is that we live in a world digital. You know, I I mean, when we grew up, there was no digital, right? So you can find people all over the world. And so I found when I first started, I found this amazing community of Australian entrepreneur women, and they were positive and welcoming. And I was like, this is where I want to be, right? These are my people. And I started there. And then of course, then when it's it's kind of like that law of attraction, right? Once you enter one group, then you meet other people and then you start seeing it everywhere. Well, before I only saw those that that type of circles around me, as I started entering one world, I started seeing that it's everywhere. And then I started to find it even in my own city that before I was like, oh, it doesn't exist, right? I was like, only these exist. But that wasn't true. I just wasn't looking for it, right? Or wasn't looking for myself. But it took me to go around, <laughs> look for it around the world, have that, and then be able to find it close to me. But it is possible, but we have to make those decisions, right? And, and it's not from a lack of love. And it's also from a lack of, it's also open arms empathy. There's some of the folks that used to be part of those circles. And I was like, look, this is this is what I want to be sought out for now. This is my new life. But you're always going to be welcome into it when you're ready. And there's some folks who have now entered that space, you know, have decided I want to be part of this space too. And adapted. So I'm always like, my door's open, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be negative or hang out in that space or open that. And even with my own family, I'm that way too. I had to sit down and have a very firm talk with my parents and say, look, I don't want you to call me for gossiping, negativity. Mm-hmm. I don't want any opinions on what I'm doing. Cause I, you know, I had quit my job. I had done something crazy for them. Right. And, and I was like, I don't want any negative opinions. You can call me to support me. You can call me to cheer me on. You can call me to talk about ideas or catch up, but I don't want any negativity. And I said, and that's okay. If that means you don't call me for two, three weeks at a time, I understand. I won't take offense, but I I can only have phone calls that way. And it took a couple months, but now they are the ones sending me positive memes and, you know, they'll call every two, three weeks. And that's when I know, okay, they're going through their thing. If, if I spend some time, but, but I have that boundary in that line and it's nice. Right. And it does mm-hmm. mean that people, if they really want you in their life, they'll reflect on it. And it, and it might not be, it doesn't mean a goodbye forever. Well, to me, I wonder those people that get together just to talk about somebody else. 
what are they saying about you when you're not around? Exactly. Exactly. And to believe that you're protected from it, mm-hmm. it's it's naive because that's just cyclical, right? That's but then that's a projection of their their own unhappiness. I mean, yeah. I know that from that because I used to be part of those circles and and see it and I and I was unhappy in in certain parts of my life too. And yeah, and then it creates like this like for me, I have anxiety. So the thought of being in those circles, it did come, it did come to my head. Okay, what, oh, are they saying something about me? Oh man, I have to be careful about what I do because then I'll be the topic of conversation. You can't live a life like that. I realize I can't live a life like that. I need to bear around everyone who's uplifting, you know, um, no judgment, you know, understanding that life is messy and and those type of spaces. And And I can't be around that even for my own mental health. You have a book. So... Let's talk about that. What What's the title of your book? Yeah, so my, my book is called Creating Your Limitless Life. And I have Chasing the American Dream crossed out for what I mentioned earlier, right? It's it's not so much that the definition of the American dream is is negative. If you actually look at it in the, in the dictionary, it's actually positive, right? It's about opportunity and building the life you want. But as a society, we've we've tainted that definition right into metrics. Like you have to have a pension job. You have to have a certain house in a certain neighborhood. You have to have a certain wealth category. Right. And, and then, Oh, and, and if we don't, right, then we suppress ourselves because then we don't want to talk about our lives because we haven't met those metrics. Right. We, we go to Thanksgiving and Christmas. People are asking us, Oh, do you have a girlfriend, boyfriend? Are you married? Did you get the promotion? Oh, have you been doing this? You know, everyone's trying to trying to make sure you've achieved those metrics instead of asking them, Hey, what's your aspiration? How can I support you? What is your new project that you're thinking about? You know, that's how we have to switch. But when we go on these metrics, then people are afraid of sharing what they're going through, right? I, I grew up that way that I was. We don't talk about money outside of our house. We don't talk about our struggles, even though we were struggling. And I found that so unauthentic. And I know I'm I'm in a thing. I'm like, no, let's 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 have these conversations. How can I support you? What's the challenge going on right now? Let's workshop it. Let's let's help you. Oh, you want to be sought out for this? What don't you want to be sought out for? Because sometimes we may be good at things that we don't want people to reach out to us for, right? So it's like going to the person and being like, what do you want? How can I help you? How can I position you? And like thinking about helping them. So that's that's my book is like, let's let's get rid of all that stuff that we have in society. Let's create spaces where we can actually support people. We can uplift people and help people actually awaken their inner child again and discover what do I want in my life? What's my vision? What's my purpose? What's my unique how to because we all have that. It's not about what we studied or what we did. We all have a way of helping our friends. It's like our friends come to us for a reason. And they don't go to someone else for a reason, right? So you have that. So in my book, it's like part memoir, you know, part like everything I went through to get to that point, right? But then the, the second and third part is really about how do you find that out for yourself? And the reason why I put all of that in there is that when I was a kid, you know, I went to libraries where my since I didn't have access to bookstores, but I would, I wanted to travel the world and I ended up doing it, but I would read all the Lonely Planet books and all the books of how people did it. And all these books I would read would talk about purpose, but no one would tell me how I discovered that for myself. So of course, as a kid, I confused it. I thought purpose was the society check marks, not about me. 
And so that's the thing that I saw that was missing. So I said, wait, one day when I know really how to figure this out, I'm going to write a book and share that, you know? And so my, my book shares the whole, all the questions you need for that. Like there's no leaving it out. There's no, oh, this only gives you some of it. Now, if you do all the questions, you'll know what was, why, even how your childhood dream related. Like when you were talking about the, the, the comic, right? I was thinking about it and I was like, but I'm sure there's characteristics of that job and that person that you were thinking about that you are today, right? It's It was less about that job and more about what were you doing in that? What were What did you imagine as a kid? I'm sure you imagined creativity um, there was aspects of it. Right. And so, cause a lot of times people come to me like, well, I didn't become that doctor. I didn't become that nurse, but I'm like, yeah, but there's 20 people who will answer doctor the same. It's, it's what we see as a possibility of where we can bring our skills to. And that's what we see in front of us. And that becomes our childhood dream, but it's less important about the job, but more, what were we doing in that? And that, what did we imagine as kids that we would be doing in that job or, or we would be providing or, or helping people out or inspiring people about because I'm sure that we do that in our everyday now, right? And it's reminding them and what's missing in that that you can add into your space because it's less it's less about, fine, you didn't make that title, but I'm sure you're doing that. And so all those questions help unpack that and realize, wait, I've always been kind of that person. So how do I create that alignment with half the person I've been with the person I really want to be? And then let's make it happen. And that's your, that's your limited lust life. And it extends beyond the individual because purpose is individual mission. Vision is family, family, work, communities, countries. So how do we then, if I have a legacy, I have a vision and you have a partner, what is theirs? How can we come up with the shared mission vision as a, as a, either a couple or as a family, what are your kids vision mission? Or if you work or if you're in a community, what is everyone's unique purpose? And then how do we combine that to a shared vision mission instead of being like, Oh, that, you know, come, you know, putting the other person down, they're not doing enough. They're not doing enough. No, we all have something. How do we, can we all bring it to the table to do better? So that's, that's my book. And I also have a workbook and the workbook has also more in depth that people want to go into and explore more. Well, I have a lot of people that come on the show that do what you do, but what sets you apart from the others? Yeah. So for me, it's that, it's that connection. Well, when I, I had been like studying all the other purpose models and the purpose models was a more, it was, it was more simplistic. It was a lot like, oh, what if, what do you love? What can you teach the world? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Mine goes a lot, a lot more deep, right? And it's the thing is that, and it's applying more to individuals. So I have a lot of case studies, right? Because I've done this for countries, communities, and people and, mm-hmm. and families, and it's taking that to the next level, which sets me apart. And also for someone to connect their whole life to it, right? So so a lot of the, the literature or the, the things that exist right now is about, okay, let's discover it for today. But I'm all like, no, you've been this person your whole life. Let's now make sense of your whole life and where you've been doing that. And then let's just make that gap of for the rest for where you want to go. So uh, like, for example, I, one of the questions I have, which I've never seen anywhere is I tell people, if you had unlimited resources, what global problem would you solve? We could do it now. What problem mm-hmm. would you solve? Well, I will have to say homelessness. Okay. Now the presidents and everyone's like, that was, I, I completely agree with you. I'm going to give you money for this, but I need you to tell me how you're going to do that. How are you going to fix that? If I give you all this money. 
Well, first off, there are people that do have mental problems is why they're homeless. So I would dive into that first. Then? And then, of course, we'd have to build homes or apartments or somewhere for them, for them to live. Well, and then how would you scale it? How would I scale it? Ooh, that's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> how would you start figuring that out? I would have to get some experts to help me. That's for sure. Okay. Well, so sounds great, right? So let's say the first part of your, your answer, right? You are like, you were to address the root problem, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, the root problem would be uh, mental health. And then you said, then I would uh, give them the first immediate solution, right? So they need home, right? Immediate solution. And then you said, then I would go ask expert, experts and and then see and then figure it out. Okay. So now I would ref I would ask you if your friend came with you to for for advice, would you follow that same format? Would you first try to address the root cause? then find them an immediate win. And then if you don't have the rest of the answers, refer them, find them resources or refer them to someone. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I'd look for the immediate solution. <laughs> or you'd look for the immediate solution first. Okay. Yeah. Now but I would, would have you... to say, I wouldn't have done that stuff in that particular order, but you know. But similar. But you would similar. use those, you would use those three things. Right. Yeah. So that, that how you approach, that's how you approach all problems, right? So if you were to ask five of your friends right now, like through your life, that's another exercise I have. How did you impact them? They would probably tell you something along those lines. Oh, you, you helped me find a solution, you know, quickly. You helped me open my eyes that there was an immediate solution I could have right now. You helped me think about where is this coming from? You give me resources. I mean, it's, 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 I, I giving you that homework, right? right? But that's, that's what, um, that's what sets me apart is that I make people, you know, understand what's their unique how to, and no one person answers that question the same. So that means that if you're in a workplace, if you're at home, right, that's, that's how you like to solve problems that you want to be sought out for. That's your alignment. So, like in your, in your case, you're not going to go, for example, it wouldn't be a fit for you to go work in a super bureaucratic government space because they don't want immediate solutions, right? That's not going to be in alignment with you. Or there could be, or like in my case, I'm very, I think about, on, you know, entrepreneur and I like to dig into the person, like, let's really find out your vision and your things. I, I'm not going to be fitted in a, in a place that's not visionary, that doesn't want to keep like moving, you know, towards goals and imagining and being like that. And so that answer tells you a lot about what places fit, what didn't, and reflecting on your life, like all the things that didn't fit, there's a reason why that didn't fit. And then you have a filter for the future. The other part I add that doesn't add that we came from the beginning is you, we mentioned burnout and resilience, right? Yes. That's something that I don't see people who talk about purpose about, right? It's all about like, okay, let's discover your purpose Let's let's find your why, and then that's gonna set up everything. My whole thing is that your purpose has also a vulnerability side, and that and I never hear people talk about that. But if you're someone that gives a lot to society and cares a lot about people, right, and that's your purpose, the other side of it is that there's an ugly side, which means that people are going to 
push your limits and boundaries, probably people are going to take advantage of you. And there's a lot there, right? So I have a section that's what have you overcome and how? Because that your purpose and how you want like to show up to the world has the other side of it. So I imagine in your case, maybe, you know, if yours is about providing solutions to people, some people might not want to hear it. Some people are like, oof, right? That's going to be in your overcoming because that answer on how your how-to, not everyone wants your how-to or is ready for it. And that's going to come up with situations you've encountered in your life, either personally or professionally. That's like, oof, but that has nothing. It doesn't, but that's like the other awakening I have for people is that you see, there's nothing wrong with you. It's that it's just your unique house just not wasn't for that type of person in person. And that's why you have to filter who are you giving that energy to and who's ready for it, whatever that is. And so what you overcome and how everything, that's why the things you overcome, you keep overcoming because you're not changing your essence. What you can learn is what helped me overcome it? What filtering helped me? And now I'm going to integrate that in my everyday. Now that I'm super aware and you come to terms with, this is always going to keep happening to me. So how do I stop it? How do I, how do I see the red flags? How do I think about integrating into my everyday so I don't hit rock bottom again? So that's something that I had to put into my own system, right? I'm, I'm, I'm that person, I, people limits, boundaries, and I stay in things too long, you know, cause I want to help them and finish their vision. So now I'm like, no, now I have a filter who's ready for it. Who isn't, um, do they really have that, that vision or do they not? And then knowing where to stop and knowing what partnerships not to go into, but I wouldn't know that unless I had done the full exercise and really put it all together. Right. It's more than just your purpose, your purpose is integrated into everything. What's your website? Beactchange.com. And so the name is uh, Beactchange because it's like being who you are, your complete self, right? The good and the bad, the ugly, everything, all of it. And and act. We got to take actions to create this alignment. And then I really believe if we're all being our authentic selves, we can then change the world together. Speaking of good, bad, and the ugly, what is your social media? <laughs> <laughs> the same. <laughs> B, B dot act dot change. Yeah. <laughs> Esther, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has really been great. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> now, I want to thank all of you out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back. Hit that subscribe button for my regulars. You guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen to the Vibes. You can catch us on Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at The Vibes Broadcast Network.